What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me today for our MLB playoff preview is Luis Barranco. Luis, we've been waiting all year for this day. We're on the eve of the playoffs. How are you feeling? Feeling great. I mean, like others, um, you know, this is uh, better than some leagues, which some leagues are uh, marketing uh, celebrities other than the actual game itself. (laughs) (laughs) To to specifically sell movie tickets, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Talk about a marketing scheme, you know. You know, you can't fool anybody. You know, you're you you have a marketing degree. You know, you know what's up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think most people can can tell that uh, the whole Taylor Swift thing. And you know, they might be dating, sure, but it, it's certainly there is a a a marketing side of that where it, it's very beneficial for for both of them. I don't know if you've noticed, but Travis Kelsey, he's in pretty much every single NFL commercial that that you see nowadays, or commercials during oh. NFL games, and and, and and I don't know if you were watching Sunday Night Football, but coincidentally, every single commercial break, the first commercial was Taylor Swift movie preview. So well, can I also give two you and two together? Can I also give you a question? Uh-uh. Think about historically the Head and Shoulders commercials. Who are on the Head and Shoulders commercials? I remember. I think of Troy Palomalu with the head. Exactly, and Troy Palomalu with the hair, and then it was um, who was it with that did, did, did it? Mahomes was on there. Yeah, but like Travis Kelsey. Motherfucker has a buzz cut. <laughs> Wait, is he on? Is he on the Head and Shoulders commercial? Yes. Oh, I didn't even see that. So, like, bro, he's on so many commercials. I'm like, bro, like, like, give it a break, man. And everybody trying to fit in the references, man. But regardless, that's NFL talk. Um, this is a baseball pod. We are marketing baseball here. Um, MLB. If you want to, you know, talk about us, this is probably been one of the best seasons. I know we're gonna do a season recap upcoming soon. But um, speaking about like the season, I feel like. As a fan, I think you, both of us as fans, feel very happy with the rule changes. Um, mm-hmm. There's still integrity of the game. I feel like there's a lot of things that went on and happened. So I kind of feel like in general, it was a overall, you know, yeah, there's still a month to be played. But overall, you know, it's getting a re- uh, passing grade at this so far. Yeah, I don't want to give it an A because we still got a month yet. And, you right. know, a lot can happen. You know, we can just get some dead playoffs and then we're like, oh, well, you know. There's still a lot to happen. So, um, you know, hopefully we don't see Angel Hernandez walking out for one of these games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he doesn't. Yeah. I would say, yeah, this was certainly one of my favorite seasons in recent memory. And co- coincidentally, the Yankees were pretty irrelevant the entire season. Uh, but just a lot of fun to watch the product. And, you know, the the numbers back it up. Attendance had its biggest increase in 30 years. So, you know, fans are coming to the ballpark. People are watching the game on TV. And, you know, it, it feels like baseball finally has some momentum, which is, which is great for a sport that, you know, we keep hearing is dying, but, you know, that's just not the case. It, it, you know, fans are, are flocking to the grounds, and, and I think there's going to be a lot of hype around these playoffs. Now, the new rules are going to be on display for, you know, the more casual audience, the worldwide audience. You know, there obviously will be more eyes on the playoffs, um, and, and I'm sure there'll be some big pitch clock violation or there'll be some... Um, you know, batter, uh, you know, pitch clock violation or, or something like that. But yeah. that, that, that could, you know, What's the other in, 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 in a big moment, but I, I still think overall good, good, uh, good season. Oh, don't forget the disengagement rules. I mean, it'll be fun. I mean, what was crazy was this weekend I was out and about in Miami. If you guys follow me on Instagram, I was out and about this weekend and, um, 
I was quite astonished at the amount of people wearing Miami Marlins gear compared to Miami Dolphins gear. Like you would expect there to be an abundance amount of Dolphins gear after the 70 point massacre last, last week at the, you know, at, at, the, the, at, the, at the, um, at the ocean, at the hard rock. But, um, there was a lot of people wearing Marlins gear. You know, I was at a concert Friday night and there's a good amount of people wearing Marlins gear. I was like, really surprised. I mean, if we know anything about Miami fans, it's that they, they are fair weathered and they love to show up when the teams are good. They're not going to, you know, they're not like Cleveland Browns fans or, or Cleveland fans in general that'll ride or die with their team no matter what. They'll show up when it matters. And hey, I mean, the Marlins did sneak into the playoffs. So good for them. We're going to talk about, obviously, this podcast. The main chunk of it is going to be our playoff preview, specifically the wild card round preview. And then we'll make some general predictions for the rest of the playoffs as well. But we want to focus on the wild card rounds because we have those matchups and we can kind of give you an in depth preview of those. Uh, then we'll uh, we'll we'll begin with you know recapping the last week of the season uh, that that got us to these playoffs. Then then we'll wrap the podcast at the end with some other news and notes. There's been some firings, um, some players retiring, and um, some some other things going on around the league. So it's a really busy pod. So what, how do you want to start? Do you want to you want to you want to start it at home at both of our home bases? Yeah, I mean. It was kind of Chicago versus Miami down the stretch, and uh, for that last wild card spot in the National League, the, the Marlins had that crazy game. Uh, what was it Thursday night against the the Mets, where they came back and took the lead, and then the game got rained out, and they ended up not playing it. So the Marlins and Mets only played one sixty one. But had they had to play that game this afternoon, um, that would have been wild. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Uh, Marlins make it in. Cubs miss it, and I mean. I think this is simultaneously the Cubs blowing it, but also the Marlins playing really good baseball down the stretch. And I mean, we, we gave a lot of crap out to Kim Ning, but I mean, you know, we, we always look about, you know, year in, year out, which playoff team actually plays good ball at the end of the year and which moves actually, you know, pay dividends to push them. You know, historically, I think about the main one I think about was the Nationals when they won the World Series. They quietly had a deadline where they made a lot of like bullpen moves, and those moves paid dividends down the end. And go look at the Marlins. I mean, Jake Berger, he played a really big role in, in into their success. Huge acquisition. And you know, and we'll talk about more about how what they've been doing lately. But I feel like those moves have sort of like put a rocket up their butts into uh, making the playoffs. You know, they won five out of their last eight. They, of course, they played the Mets and the Pirates, two of the worst teams. The Mets kind of a playing the kids right now and the Pirates kind of just building into next year. But still, you know, they play their way in. They deserve to make it. I mean, you know, for those three teams at the end of the, at the end of the year, they all had their opportunities at one point. Each one of the Cubs, Marlins, and Reds had controlled their own destiny at one point in the last month, month and a half. And, you know, the Marlins are the ones that took the bull by the horns, as they would say, down in Texas. And they, uh, you know, they they went they got in so you know credit to them credit to them getting it done credit to uh Skip Schumacher who I think is going to have serious consideration into being the manager of the of the year for the NL for the job he's done so um congratulations to them for the Cubs I really do think you know yeah as a Cubs fan you're probably angry that you know obviously as a fan you want to you want to see your team play big games you want to see your team have the chance at getting to the end and winning the whole thing 
but I think this is a W of a season for you guys. I mean, you took a lot of chances in free agency and with a couple guys, and you know they actually panned out. And now you actually have a, a foundation that you have to retain those guys that you that you um yep you have to retain those guys like a Cody Bellinger maybe Stroman maybe more of a toss up but um you got to retain those guys and you got to build down that core and foundation and I mean reinforcements are on the way down in um up in uh, up in the north side where you know their farm system has had a really good year so i think as a cubs fans overall people are like oh this is a disappointment for the casual cubs fans and so tiktok or cubs fans they're like oh this is a disappointment i'm like looking back at it were you expecting to make the playoffs this year like you i think as a cubs fan i know i know we don't have some of your friends on the pod but that are cubs fans but i think they would all agree this is a like they wildly exceeded everybody's expectations yeah they were i mean Heading into the season, no one expected them to make the playoffs. Neither of us predicted that. Um, they started out really slowly. I think there were like 24 and 34, certainly 10 games under 500 uh, points in the season. And and they had a great run after the trade deadline. You know, And act, coincidentally enough, they started at, right out of the trade deadline really slow. And we were both like, they should just sell and, and you know get rid of Bellinger, trade Stroman, and, and get some return and, and maybe go for it next year. Then they end up going on a huge run right before the trade deadline, and um, almost—I mean, they did—they were in pole position to make the playoffs. So you have to be disappointed in the fact that they blew a, a big lead in the month of September down the stretch, losing two of three to Milwaukee, getting swept in Atlanta, struggling against teams like the Rockies down the stretch, uh, getting beat up by the D-backs. So you know, and really, it was that bullpen that was just choked so many games away for them. So they—they they did. They did like blow it, I, I would say. But like, if you want to look at it from look at it from a holistic holistic perspective, like you know, one like way far removed from the season, yeah. I mean, you'll take it as as a success, but it still hurts right now if you're a Cubs fan. Um, and I agree. I, I I did see a report that uh, the Ricketts and uh, Jed Hoyer they're going to try to keep payroll about at the same level next year as it was this year. I think they were at about 180 million dollars. So obviously they you know splash big last offseason with with Swanson, um, but I think I, I I would be surprised if we see Cody Bellinger back in Chicago next year just because I think he's going to get a hundred mil. I mean, but I think at that point I think you make the decision into getting rid of some of those guys. You try to offload some of those contracts. Yeah, well the question yeah. is now Stroman banged up down the stretch of the off down the stretch of the season heading into this offseason. You know he has what a twenty something million dollar player option. I mean, he, might, he might take it. I mean, he seems to really want to stay in Chicago. I don't know if he's going to get that much more on the open market now. I mean, somebody will. Some some team will. Some desperate team. Like I don't. I could see like an Arizona giving him that to be a number three. Arizona, yeah, and we'll talk about Arizona here soon. They 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 need pitching starting. Rotation. I want. I want. Look, I want to get too. I don't want to get too drawn up in this whole Chicago conversation. But I'm saying it's just like, you know, it's it's a W of a season, and like now the biggest thing is building on that. And you know, getting consistency from this group. Yep. And that's and that's and that's the whole thing. And we can go that with the same way if you want to do a Reds little like small thing because they were in the hunt. You know, they played themselves out the final week. You know, another W of a season. They wildly exceeded expectations. Yeah. And I mean, like all those young guys. Yeah, it sucks that they didn't make it, but they have a core and a foundation that now next year you're expected to be in there at the end of the year. So yeah. I mean. Not, not. Let's not get too too involved with that. But um, 
credit to Miami and credit to the you know King Ning for making the moves. And you know we'll talk about them when with the Arizona, uh, not the Arizona, the Philadelphia series, which would be interesting. So, I mean, yeah. I think the next thing we're going to talk about is let's talk about the Mariners, the whole NL AL West. You know, Astros getting it done. I mean, it wasn't surprising to me. Yeah, they lost versus the Royals, but the Royals were playing probably the best baseball the whole season at the end. And like they got it done. I mean, what what can you say? It's they've done it. And you know, I read a stat online, which is pretty crazy, and I'm going to read it out to you. It was a uh, crazy because some of these stats that they pulled up was a a New York Yankee fan account that tweeted this out. What's it said? Oh man, Yankee! Give me a second. Well, you can go on, and I'll pull while I pull it up. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean NL West, Astros. Do it again. They win the division on the, the very last day of the season. Flips with Texas. Texas lost three or four in Seattle. And and the Astros, man, they seem to have luck on their side. You know, they didn't it, it didn't really feel like they deserved to win the division this year, uh, considering they were, you know, performing below, I would say, expectation for the entire season. And they get it on the freaking last day, get a bye in the first round. Their fifth division title in six years, the A's won in twenty twenty. Um they won That's the last. Luck. I mean, tip your cap to them. They won the last five of. The, they won five of their last six, all on the road against Seattle and Arizona. Two, you know, one playoff team, one team that was vying for a playoff spot, and, and they're getting hot at the right time. And here you go. Here you go. I got it up from Yankee World on Twitter. The Astros had Altuve miss seventy-two games. Jordan missed forty-eight. Jose Abreu had a negative WAR. Christian Javier had an ERA of 4.5. Hunter Brown had an ERA of 5.09. Jose Uriquidi only pitched 27 innings this season. Luis Garcia had Tommy John. Lance McCullers did not pitch this year. In addition, they did not have Michael Brantley for most of the year. Frambeer e- uh, Valdez had an ERA of 4.66 in the second half. Rafael Mont- Montero was given $11.5 million over three years, and he had an ERA of 5.02. And then Martin Maldonado played more than Yanir Diaz, who was one of their good-looking rookies behind the shortstop. And they still won a division. Six division titles since 2017, and it's their seventh straight year reaching the playoffs. Yeah. They're, I mean, they it's, run that division. It's honestly, it's honestly, I think it's it's gotten to the point with them. It's just like, for those other teams, I think it's just kind of psychological. Yeah, and I mean, it's just kind of it happens a lot of times in sports. And I, I just want to say that uh, that they just they just get lucky. They just get every bounce. Now, the question is, how much will that bounce go? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, they do have that experience, and they have those players. And I feel like the playoffs is all about your name, guys. Like your your big ticket guys got to play. Like yeah. those big ticket guys. Those are the ones like, yeah, you got to have your role players playing, but those big ticket guys got to show up and show out. If they don't, you know. And coincidentally enough, like Bregman, Altuve, Jordan, they didn't play that great in the playoffs last year. Their pitching really showed up, and that's kind of what carried them to the championship. I mean, I don't know if you remember, uh, they Mm -hmm. had a combined no-hitter in the freaking World Series. Um, The only only no-hitter in the World Series um, outside of Don Larson's perfect game. (laughs) Uh, for the Yankees back in in the 50s. So pitching won it for them last year. Their pitching rotation is a lot more banged up this year. You you mentioned the injuries. Um, so 
Bregman, Altuve, Jordan, uh, Jeremy Pena, Michael Brantley. Those guys are going to have to step up again um, for this team if they want to win. Because I don't think it's obviously you have the juggernaut of the Braves in the National League, uh, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as it in even in the American League this year for the yeah. for the Astros as it was last year. I mean, last year they played the Yankees in the ALCS, and and the Yankees were, you know, they got obviously they got swept, but the Yankees were three three levels away from the Astros last year. They were just were not did not belong in the same field. So they also and we'll get about this later, they also probably have the best manager left. Top one or two managers. It's debatable between him and Bochi. Yeah, I would still err uh on, on the side of, of Bochi, three World Series rings on, on his, you know, resume. But yeah, Dusty Baker is is I'm mean, now he finally has that World Series under his belt. Uh, he, yeah, he's a great manager as well. So, I mean, you want to get into the preview part of the spot? This is why everyone, you know, I mean, tuned in this the week. Blue Jay, then the, we could talk about the Blue Jays tanking to get the Twins instead of the Rays, which then, boom, it's a perfect segue for the wild card series. I mean, let's let's get into it. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start NL? Let's go NL. Okay, yeah, let's start NL. Um, so these, so the, the matchups start tomorrow. We got four games Tuesday, four games Wednesday. And then, you know, could be three, if necessary, game threes on Thursday. Um, I hope we get at least one or two uh, game threes on Thursday. And then the division series start on Saturday. We got a four-game slate on Saturday um, as well. So whew, it, it, no better time to be a baseball fan than right now uh, as the playoffs get started. Yeah, National League. We're also going to do something new. We're also going to do something new for these series, for these wild cards. We're going to do this every round. We're going to do, if you're a casual, for the casual baseball fan, we're going to rank them. Like, if you're a casual, which one should you watch? Because there's one of them's like, for example, this is the first one we're going to talk about. Milwaukee Brewers versus the Arizona Dynamics. I think this is the, the purest series. I feel like if you're a pure baseball nerd or like a baseball head, I feel this is like the most interesting series because you have Milwaukee, who's a pitching juggernaut, and Arizona, which is like the young up-and-coming team mm-hmm. with a whole lot of team speed. But we're going to run the base as well. They're gonna, you know, steal bases. They're gonna do. They're, they're just gonna do a lot, you know. The, you know who Arizona reminds me of? Not exactly the same, but sort of a current team or a past the, team. The current team right now. Well, the current Arizona team reminds me of the old gen, um, old gen Kansas City Royals when they made it that mm. first that first go around where they had all that team speed. Eric Cosmer, they had Jared Dyson and Terrence Gore. Lorenzo Kane running around, you know. Good first baseman, um, Eric Hosmer, c- com- comparable to Christian Walker. I-, I do like that pick. They also they also had Alex Gordon out and left, who we can make the well, we can't compare Corbin Carroll to Alex Gordon. That's no, I was like saying like apples to oranges. But yeah. also we have Mike Mustakas, the Royals had, and this team has like a Cattell Marte, so it's very comparable and like. Where this series is going to be interesting is going to be like, what wins out? Like, the Brewers, obviously, we can both agree that they have the best pitching. And I kind of think it's a head-scratcher what the Diamondbacks did. I mean, you can get into this about having uh, Brandon Buffat pitch game one over Zach Gallen, who was a um, Cy Young candidate for a lot of the year. Um, so it's very interesting. Take it away. Yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned obviously the Brewers and, and their pitching dominance, and, and they they certainly do best MLB team are at ERA by relief pitchers and team in September. Uh, they had the second best bullpen ERA in the entire major leagues at a three point one four uh, this season behind the Yankees. Coincidentally, 
uh, obviously led by Devin Williams. You know, they trade away Josh Hader to the Padres last trade deadline and, and the bullpen chugs right along. Um, huge loss, huge news came down today that they're going to be without Brandon Woodruff for the wildcard series. They're their number two guy. Uh, he's dealing with a right shoulder injury and it, it actually remains to be seen if he can pitch later in the postseason as well. He spent four months on the injured list this year with a subscapular strain in his right shoulder. However, he returned in early August and he, you know, he was good, right? He pitched to a 2.59 ERA and nine starts averaging more than six innings pitched per game. So this is a huge loss for them. Apparently his shoulder bothered him during his final outing in the, of the regular season. So now it's like, obviously you have Corbin Burns going game one, right? He's their, he's their headliner. Um, but it's, where do you go game two? Freddie Peralta? He, he had a solid season, 3.86 ERA in 30 starts. Or do you go the Wade Miley or Adrian Hauser route and then go Peralta game three? Um, I would think they're going to go Peralta game two and then Wade Miley or Hauser game three. But that is certainly a question mark. Huge loss for them losing Woodruff. And then, yeah, the, the Arizona, I think they're kind of happy to be there. Um, you know, Zach <laughs> Allen is their Cy Young guy. And, but outside of that, their their pitching rotation is really leaves a lot to be desired. Um, they finished with the 20th ranked team ERA on the season at a 4.48. So I think there's a lot of question marks there. They brought in Paul Seawald from Seattle at the trade deadline to kind of shore up that bullpin, which I like that move. Uh, and, and they, also, they certainly have the better lineup. I mean, if we're, wait, if we're kidding. But the thing is, you have to handicap that they also pitch a lot like in like very anti-pitcher friendly ballparks. In a sense. I mean, you have the Dodgers. That's really pitcher-friendly. Of course, you have Coors. That's, that's what I'm saying. They have to go to freaking Coors, man. I know. Coors, I, yeah, of course. Friendly. Of course. I, mean, I would. San Francisco is not very pitcher-friendly. Or sorry, is very pitcher-friendly. You got Triples Alley out there in right center. Um, so but You got to be the Coors. I mean, it, I mean right, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll retract that. But, but I'll just say this. It's just like the Diamondbacks, I think they can pull it off. The only thing is if their pitching can just get – just give them enough. Just just enough. Because I don't think the Brewers can hit. If this turns no. into a whole, like, hitting series, bro, Diamondbacks, and they're going to – and they can run. They can freaking run. So I, I kind of feel like – I think with – sorry. I think with the loss of Woodruff, if if the Diamondbacks can get on Corbin Burns and, and steal game one, then they're going to win this series in two games. But, but I think – but here's my thing. I don't think the Wood – yeah, the Woodruff is a big loss. Huge. It is, but at the same time, they've, they've done it for so long. You know what I mean? Like, they were without him for the whole year. And it's not like – I feel like one through five, the Brewers pitching rotation is probably the most solid. Like, steady eddies. Clearly, it's not I mean, the best, but it's, it, it, it's consistent. You know, they don't have the top-line talent, but it's, it's steady, you know? Clear. I mean, yeah, they have, we we read off the numbers. You know, their pitching dominates, and yeah, that's been the story when we've been talking about it all season. They don't have the hitting. You know, Christian Yelich not as great as you would like him to be. Uh, William Contreras was really good for them this year. I'd make the argument that he was their best hitter. Um, yeah, they play yeah. really good defense. I think that's a huge thing, and that you know, pay, pays dividends in the playoffs. They're one of the best defensive teams in the entire league. Um, so. I mean, it hasn't worked for them lately. It's their fifth playoff trip in six years. Uh, they haven't made it out of the DS since 2018 when they made the NLCS against the Dodgers um, in 2018. Um, but they're you know they're hot, right? They're 35 and 20 since August 1st. The division was close in the middle of the summer, and they kind of ran away with it at the end. It was never in question, never in doubt. They secured it 
you know, I would say early September, there was no doubt, no shadow of a doubt in my mind, at least that the Brewers going to win the division. So they, they're, they're the best team in what something, what was a sneakily good division. So, you know, ESPN gives them a 61.7% chance of advancing. Now that note I did write down before uh, the Woodruff news came out. So it could be a little bit lower now. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Brewers in in three in this one. I, I think I the Brewers win. What's what's our graphic say? I put. I got Arizona, man. I think Arizona can pull it off. I don't think it's gonna be easy for them. I don't, but I think they can do it. I think they just have that juice. They they have the better lineup, and you know I think that's a huge advantage, especially in the back half of the series. Because um, I mean, Corbin Burns is great. Can can they get to Peralta? Can they get to Wade Miley? Um, obviously if you're a Brewers fan, you don't want this to go to game three and you don't have to worry about Miley or Hauser. Um, but man, I don't know the bullpen. It just feels like, you know, if, if Milwaukee doesn't get it done this season, at what point do you kind of like assess your, the way you've constructed this team around pitching? Cause well, at some I mean, point you're going to have to get some damn bats. Well, I mean, Milwaukee's kind of one of those teams that I feel like they won't rebuild. They'll just do a soft rebuild. If you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and, and they have Churio coming up as well. That's so. what I'm saying. You, you just soft rebuild the team. You like if they don't get it done with this one, they probably soft rebuild the team. They probably get rid of Burns. They pick up a bunch of packages, a bunch of like hitters. Like I'm not saying you're going to pick up a bunch of single A, double A guys. I mean, you get guys that are like close to MLB ready. That's why that's what we keep saying. The Orioles would be such a great fit because the Orioles can give you like a Kirstad or a Colton Cowser, mm-hmm. guys that are ready to go, or Judd Fabian, a couple of those package guys. Throw them out there. And they'll be ready to go, and you don't have to like because if they don't have to completely rebuild. Because I feel like if Milwaukee does a hard rebuild, I don't think they would survive it. I don't think like the ownership would survive it, the fan base wouldn't survive it, and to be frank, the city might not support it. And at that yeah. point, they might be like, by the time you rebuild the team, they might be in Nashville. That's a good point. Yeah, because they have the whole stadium issue as well. You know, the league's trying to get them to renovate that stadium out there in Milwaukee. Um, very similar to Bud Selig in the you know early '90s when he was trying to when he owned the team and he was trying to get um, public support to build a new stadium, uh, which eventually happened. But uh, you know some of these stories stay the same, right? You know owners always want new stadiums, bring in more revenue, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They want pa- taxpayers to pay for it, to pay for it, and they you know always threaten to leave. Some things never change, and that is the case in Milwaukee. So I agree. I don't think they can go through a hard rebuild um, and. and you know they ha- they have the core um, around you know the the rotation in the bullpen to to be good, um, even if it requires a little tweaks to the lineup. But they they do have to get better hit pitching or sorry better hitting, and I, I think they get by in this series in three. You're going with Arizona in three, so we disagree on that one. So here's here's here's, be a fun here's also I just thought about, and this is going to be a question for you. It's kind of like I know for our soccer fans, if Doring you're listening, um, it kind of goes into the uh, debate. Where do you have your best pitcher fit pitch game one, or you have or you stash him to the end? If you know what I mean, it's yeah. kind of like the penalty taker. It's like do you have your best PK taker first, or you take it last for the closeout in such a short series? That's what I'm saying. What if Arizona? Let's say this is a five D chess move. What if they're like saying, okay, if we can get game one, we can hold Gallon for a two or a three for a closeout. Well. I think the game, have somebody that you can like guarantee give you the ball to finish finish the finish the series. That's the whole like you know debate. Well, the thing is, Gallon pitched on Friday against Houston, so he would be starting on three days rest if he started tomorrow night. So that's probably why they want to go with him game two on four days rest. 
I would think. But I agree with your, you know, your it's good good line of questioning. I, mean, I think in the short series, this wild card series, best out of three, you go with your best guy game one because you don't want to fall, you don't want to be in an elimination game in game two. Well, and I mean, it's just like they would be playing LA, so it's just kind of like, you know, you be you're playing LA. I mean, like as a, I think the Dodgers would not prefer that. Would not prefer like, what? Arizona round two. Uh, I, I because I, I because I understand Milwaukee, but it's a divisional opponent, and you know how divisional games are much more difficult in general than just uh, you know. Yeah, because you know each other inside out. You played yeah, each other a million times like, throughout the season. Yeah, and it gets it's a much more technical game. That's what I'm saying. All right. Yeah, I I, I think we're good on Brewers Diamondbacks. Uh, we disagree, but, but this will be a fun you, one. But would you agree, like? about that point that it's just like, I don't think LA would want Arizona to. Um, I, I think LA has a lot more postseason experience than the Diamondbacks do. I don't think they'd mind seeing Arizona, honestly, in the DS. I'd worry more about Milwaukee's pitching, being able to shut down those Dodger bats because outside of Mookie and Freddie Freeman, I, I honestly don't see a lot of guys that scare me in that LA lineup. I know they have JD Martinez. They have a resurgent, um, Jason Hayward, but nah, nah. I don't know. I I think I'd rather play Arizona. They're younger. Their pitching's not as good, and and Milwaukee has more experience and they have better arms. And when 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 it comes down to the playoffs, you don't want to face you know you're going to face elite arms, but you try to face as as the least amount of elite arms as you can. And that's why I I think think they'd want Arizona. I just think Arizona would just muck up the game. Like I just think they would just like they have nothing to lose. They've made it so far that they would just be like. So try hard sweat, absolute sweat mode in, against LA. Well, that's a great transition. Speaking of teams that have nothing to lose, the Miami Marlins, who are going to be traveling to Philadelphia to play the Phillies in the oh, wild God. card series. The winner will play Atlanta. ESPN gives Philly a huge, huge chance, 64.4% chance of advancing. Um, I mean, obviously. This could, go two ways. this could go two ways, I think. Yeah. You know, and baseball is a weird sport where anything can happen in the playoffs. You know, it's not like the NBA where the best team always wins, um, or you know, even the NFL where you know it's really hard to make a Cinderella run to the Super Bowl. And we had the Phillies last year, six seed, make a Cinderella run to the World Series. Anything can happen, especially in a wild card series. Just last year, the Mets, you know, they won a hundred something games, lost in the wild card series to the Padres. So crazy but things was- can happen. That was predictable, though. We 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 called that one from a miles away. Like we saw that one happening from like right. You know. Just because you know the Mets are kind of that franchise. You know they're kind of cursed. They kind of uh, have that Tottenham in them. If we're being honest. Um, so, but the Marlins, Phillies, really interesting series. I don't think the national media and, and baseball is giving Miami enough credit or or not giving them enough of a chance in this series if we're being honest. This is this is this is the series as a casual you don't want to like out of all like four series that are available, I think this is the one the casual fan will not watch. Why? I think this is the one that they will watch because the Phillies have a lot of star power. Well I feel like from a casual you'd want to watch a, a Tampa Texas one. That would be the, the, the number one. Eh, I disagree because the the T V times kind of Tell a story. Okay, and Texas and Tampa has the two o'clock game Central Time tomorrow. Well, because it's Tampa, but I feel like I feel like that's like that has more riding on that one. But I don't want to get too too talking about this one. Here's my thing: 
Philadelphia needs to finish this one fast. Pause. <laughs> they need to finish Miami pretty fast. Because if they don't, like, you know, they're, the winner's going to go play Atlanta. And I feel like if it's going to come down to, like, Atlanta's banged up, as we're going to talk about later. I feel like they would enjoy more rest, and they've kind of been through this before, that I feel like if this series goes longer than it needs to be for Philadelphia, it kind of makes it, you know, in a sense, advantage Atlanta. Right. But because they've been there before, but the whole thing about this whole Miami thing is Miami's been probably playing the best baseball this whole year in September. They're third in the majors right now in batting average for the month of September. They were third in on base, ninth in on base percentage, ninth in slug, and tenth in WRC plus. They've been playing playoff baseball since the start of the month. And, and I mean, and I think a key stat also is they're thirty three and thirteen in one run games. So they know how to win a close game. And honestly, they would have been thirty four and thirteen if that Mets game finished. Yeah, and so the whole the whole thing about it is this: Will Miami's pitchers be able to match Philadelphia's pitching? Because we all know that Philadelphia has a star power and they also have the pitching better with Zach Wheeler and Nola. Even though Nola hasn't been great, you know, you would you would bet on that. Yep. Down this, this for is, Nola. My, Miami has to mature. This is where Miami has to has to, you know, this is like where they have to grow up. Because if they if they don't grow up, man, you're never gonna be able to get through that division. Because you know, Philadelphia's gonna be there next year, Atlanta's gonna be there. And it's the Mets, yeah, it's going to be a down year, but I don't think Steve Cohen's going to take an, you know, another like bad season. They'll be competitive in the sense that they'll probably be like a middle team, but they'll be competitive. So like Miami, you got to you got to get this done. You, you know, this is going to be the growth series for them. You either win this or you have to think about how you're going to move because I feel like the ceiling's very capped to this team. Yeah. Um Talking bullpens, Philly's got the sixth best pen in terms of ERA with a 3.56. And, and there should be an asterisk on that because Philadelphia's bullpen has guys that are professional bottle jobs. And I don't say it in a bad sense, but Craig Kimbrell, if his breaking ball is not working, that thing can be taken 370 out to right. And I watched it last year for the Dodgers. I watched a lot of Dodgers games last year, and it was infuriating seeing that man come out because this dude, you never knew what was going to happen because all he does, he has a fastball, knuckle curve mix, and if his knuckle curve isn't, you know, if he's not locating it and it's not breaking, the thing is just a just a lollipop coming down the middle, like just in Fruit Ninja coming around <laughs> and just slamming that. Fruit Ninja. No, but it's just it's I true. Know, it's just like, and then you also have Gregory Soto, who I know you watch a lot of Detroit Tigers games. So pretty you much, can go to, pretty much a fastball pitcher, and if it's not working, he he loses control pretty easily. So, and then Sir Anthony Dominguez is probably their best arm. So yeah, it's it, it's it's tough. And, and the Marlins, they're twenty first in bullpen ERA with a four point three seven. I think they're they're better than that number. You know, AJ Puck had struggles in the middle of the season, blew a few saves, but he kind of turned it around. I like him. I like really like JT Chargois' uh, stuff. Uh, watched him a lot early in the season, specifically. Um, so I think the Marlins bullpen is better than those numbers. Um, kind of s- tell the story, and obviously the big loss for Miami is, is no Sandy Alcantara. You know, out for the season, elbow injury. 
But has he been pitching that well? He wasn't pitching well, but he did get it, you know, a little bit together in the second half. So tough. They're going to go with Jesus Lazardo in game one to go up against Zach Wheeler. And then Miami will run out Braxton Garrett in game two against Aaron Nola. Here's my thing. If you're, if you're Philly, you, like you mentioned earlier, you don't want this thing to go to a game three. Because who do you go with? Do you go with Walker or do you go with – I think it would probably be Ranger Suarez, a guy with a lot of success uh, for them last year in the postseason. But, I mean, if, if this thing go, goes to a game three, I'm, anything can happen, obviously, and, and that's kind of what Miami wants. They want to cause chaos here, and Philly wants, like you said, to get this thing done early. Um, and I think a game three with Ranger Suarez or like a T1 Walker on the mound, I don't know. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a toss-up at that point. I think you go Walker – and here's the other thing too. Miami has like those, I don't want to say no name because they're all very good professionals, but they also have guys like David Robertson. Man, the amount of experience that dude has like for a young team, that's crazy. They also have a really good catcher who can't hit, but defensively is probably one of the best ones in the game in Jacob Stallings. Yeah, won a gold glove in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. and then you also have Johnny Cueto too. So Johnny Cueto's pitched the game. I know he hasn't had the best year. But Buddy has pitched a lot of good games. I feel like you could, I could foresee a vintage Johnny Cueto game three on Thursday night in Philly. Oh, bro, you know what? I want to see that, bro. I, I think that guy lives pitch. for the big stage. And so here's the, here's the other thing too. You also have to keep in mind. They also have Tanner Scott. What thing is really good. Like like I said, they have some really good players, and I mean, they just got really good ball players. Joey Wendell, Yuli Gurriel with that Houston experience, like. There's a lot to like. Jorge Soler had a really good year. I mean, Jazz Chisholm, that guy's built for the big stage. That guy's going to thrive. Can you imagine if Jazz Chisholm, first at bat against uh, Zach Wheeler, pops one to right center and quiets the crowd in Philly and does his little Euro step on, uh, on crossing home? I mean, I would love to see that. Bro, could you imagine how Philadelphia fans, how like the villain, like he would become a villain. Like he's actually a really nice guy. But I feel like he would like thrive. Like that's like he's a he's a showman. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Like he would just absolutely. Oh my god! If he has a big series, could you imagine him going at it with Bryce Harper, rounding the bases? Like oh boy, I would I would love I would love it. I, I would love every minute of that. I mean, he's the kind of guy that brings a lot of attention to the game, and like he brings that swagger and energy, that youthfulness. I mean, he's on the cover of MLB The Show for a reason, right? He's He has juice. He, he, has, he juice. has juice, and he's built for these moments in the postseason. So I would love to see him um, have, have a big series in Philly. That would be a lot of fun. And then we mentioned Cueto having a bit of a resurgence in a game three. That would be a lot of fun. So um, Miami's kind of the feel-good team, right? The, the team that they're not expecting anything out of this playoff series. There's no pressure, right? All the pressure's on Philadelphia. They were in the World Series last year. They're trying to get back. And I don't know. I think Miami's going to be playing loose. It's going to be a raucous environment in Philly, but I, I think this one's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm going with Miami in three. I think they're going to can, be- can we Can we also talk about the coaching staffs? I know we didn't talk about it much. I feel like Milwaukee has the edge in the other coaching staff series. And, I mean, the – whatchamacallit? Phillies do have the advantage they were there in the World Series, let's say, but Miami's coaching staff isn't like – you would expect, oh, they're, they're a coaching staff that isn't, you know – experience i mean they got skip schumacher he got some rings on him they got john jay at first base he got some rings on him too like this is a a strong st louis cardinal contingent coaching staff like those they know how to win in st louis like those 2010 10s teams those early 2010s teams 
all those teams, St. Louis teams did, they would get on runs and they'd go deep. And they'd find ways to win games. So let's not discount the coaching staffs. And you know, well, uh, sorry, uh, another one. I mean, they have Mel Stoudemire as their pitching coach, who was the Yankees pitching coach during the dynasty of the late '90s, early 2000s. There's a lot to like about the freaking. Um, they had they had Brant Brown, who was a pitching uh, hitting coach for the Dodgers. Like, let's, let's let's just like a lot of people probably not thinking about this as an upset series, but every time I keep like looking at deeper and deeper, like. I want not, not that I'm going to change my pick because I stand by what I said. I wouldn't be surprised. A casual fan would be surprised, but I don't think it'd be surprising if Miami could can play spoiler. And it's a divisional series too. Like it's interdivision. Like the teams know each other best. So it's like there's a lot. They're probably like the fan duel. You throw a hundred bucks on, see if it happens type of deal. You know, I don't know if you throw. I mean, I don't know what your unit size is, but a hundred dollars. I mean, that's a lot. They, Miami did win the season series seven to six, so I mean slight edge. It's closer than what we think. Let's put it that oh, way. Absolutely, it's closer than what we think. This is going to be a fun one. I like I said, I'm going Miami in three. And what's your pick officially? But for the casual, I said Philly in two. I think, but I mean, that was me like at work. You know, I was at work. I was taking phone calls, and I was thinking like, you know, I just see Bryce like there's too much star power, and I feel like those Philadelphia guys live for the stage. But man, there's a lot. Like I feel like. I feel like Skip Schumacher can run circles around Rob Thompson, and I wouldn't be surprised that it's a, that the Marlins can win in three. All right, all right, I, I, that one. I think that's going to be if you're a casual fan, tune into that one. Uh, let's move to the American League now. Um, the the first series we can talk about the three six matchup. Joe's, oh, Joe's Minnesota Twins. Joe Joe's Joe's probably been like, man, he's been waiting for the bit. Man, this dude's probably chomping at the bit. This dude is perked up at this point. Pause. <laughs> Minnesota Twins, the three seed versus the Toronto Blue Jays, the six seed. They get in with the third wild card spot. Winner will go on to play Houston in the division series. ESPN gives Minnesota a 57.8% chance of advancing. Pitching matchups, we got Pablo Lopez for Minnesota versus Kevin Gosman in game one. That's a really good pitching matchup. And then game two, Sonny Gray versus... Uh, Actually, the the Blue Jays have not announced their game two starter, but I think it'll be obviously Chris Bassett or Jose Barrios. Which you got to go with Bassett, right? You, you know, you know why that's happening, right? You know who's who's around the show. It's freaking Triple A coach, and I don't say that in bad part, but uh, what's his name, John Schneider? Yeah, you know, you know how they you know how they run things in Toronto. You know that they they're like trying to be like Bill Belichick when they're they aren't smart man we know what you're trying to do man don't try to don't try to act like you're some mastermind when you guys haven't won jack shit even though you've made moves that we've given you praise don't act like oh man we're gonna hide our pitching starter for gamesmanship till the day (laughs) of like bro we know you're going Bassett you're not fooling anybody like like we know you're gonna throw either Hyunjin Ryu or Bassett and it's probably gonna be Bassett so that's probably the three that are going to go out if it goes three series. Those are the three that are coming out. Yeah, Bassett, Ryu, and you're not pitching Barrios out. I mean, we're not having Barrios revenge series, and you're not putting out Kikuchi. No, he he got shifted to the pen. Yeah, you you got to run Ryu out. That's why you paid Ryu back when you started the whole project. Yeah, and uh, I I think you know the Twins. We've kind of talked about it all season. They do have a really nice rotation: Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray. Who did they start game three? Kenta Maeda got shifted to the bullpen. And Minnesota kind of has a sneakily good bullpen now. Brock Stewart, uh, Duran, obviously. 
um, Emilio Pagan, um, Chris Paddock just came back off his injury. So Joe Ryan, don't forget about my Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan could be a game three starter if it goes game three. I don't think he'll pitch game three. Um, I mean, rotate. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Um, hitting wise, the Twins need to get Carlos Correa back. Uh, he's been out with plantar fasciitis. Uh, they were saying that he's going to be back for the uh, for the wild card series. Not confirmed yet. I haven't seen a confirmation on that, but he should be back. Same thing for Royce Lewis, who's, who's dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury. He hasn't played since uh, like the 19th of September. Um, when he comes back, Lewis will DH, which kind of leaves Byron Buxton's status up in the air. He hasn't played center field all year. It's been Michael A. Taylor and, and Buxton's dealing with an injury. Of course he is. So we might not see Buxton in this series, uh, but Correa and Lewis will be back. Those are, you know, two big boppers in their lineup. And, and Correa is obviously, Correa obviously has uh, oozes postseason experience. And sorry, what'd you say? I feel like that's a mistake if Buxton doesn't play. I feel like if you're a Minnesota fan, you, you'd, be, you'd be very frustrated by that decision by, uh, it's Rocco Badelli, right? Yeah. As the manager. I think you'd be very frustrated because, I mean, Byron Buxton's kind of like, he's been there through the longest. He's been through the ups and downs. And I just feel like, you know, man, truth. Well, he hasn't played is the thing. I mean, I don't care, bro. You, he's, 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 his talent. This is, this is a time that if you want to be a Minnesota legend, if you want to be one of those guys, I mean, you sign that huge contract, you're getting paid the big bucks, you got to play these series. Yeah. And if um, you don't play these big series, man, then what are you paying? You're just, what are you? You're just a Joey Gallo? Oof. I mean, okay, yeah. And then from a Minnesota, or sorry, from a Toronto perspective, their lineup has underperformed all year, and it's really been a, 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 a tale of their pitching, honestly. I just feel like I just feel like we've said this for the past month and a half, two months that it's Toronto's just waiting to erupt, and I just feel like time for Vladdy and Bichette to shut up and do you know not shut up, but I feel like it's time for this team. Like they've been quiet. Like all right, you've learned from your from getting beat up by the Yankees and getting beat up by the Rays. I think it's time for you guys to actually now that you're quiet to actually show up. And, you know, go show the world. Like, this is a very favorable matchup. I know Minnesota has good pitching. But, I mean, if you're Valada Guerrero, if, you're, if you want to be the best first baseman in the league, if you're Bo Bichette, if you want to go out and be the best shortstop, he's probably been top three shortstop in all of baseball this year. Yeah, I would agree. If you want to do that, and, you know, George Springer, okay, man, what, what are you getting paid here to do? You were brought in because you were, you're from, you're, you were you're on those Houston Astros teams and you were brought in to bring up a leadership quality and play big games. So I think it's time for them to actually show up and actually take the series, grab life by the horns again and, and, and win. And, you know, bring it back to the Maple Leaf State, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a put-up-or-shut-up series for, for the Jays. They, they've struggled, uh, didn't get out of the wildcard series last year. They've struggled in the playoffs. You know, there's been a lot of hype around this team. Um, and, and they haven't put it to work in the playoffs yet. They need to win this series. Um, Minnesota's just trying to get a playoff win. They haven't won one since 2004. They've been 0-18 since the playoffs since 04. Um, a lot of those losses against the Yankees, obviously. And I actually have a trivia question for you. Who was What's the that? starting pitcher in the last Twins postseason win in 2004? You know who I was about to say, but it's probably wrong. What? Johan Santana. That's correct. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Johan Santana, like, man. But it's just like, look, look. Here, here's, here's my whole thing. If, Toronto, if you can't get this done, 
we're going to have to have a really, really big combo about you guys this offseason. Like, if you can't beat Minnesota, like, like I'm not discounting what Minnesota is. Like, no offense, Joe. Talent-wise, you were unmatched. Just top to bottom unmatched. But if, if you're Toronto, you've always underachieved. You've always filled up in the big stage. It's time to do it. If you can't do it, we're going to have to have big combos this offseason about that core. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like yeah, I agree. Uh, we, we like the moves they did this offseason around the core, you know, bringing in Kevin Kiermeyer, bringing in Brandon Belt. They really shored up that defense. Last year, they were one of the worst defensive teams in all of baseball. This year, they're one of the best. Same goes for Minnesota. They're really good defensively this year. So this is a pitching and defense battle where, and, you know, if you looked at it just as like if you didn't pay attention to the season, you might think, oh, this is about the Bashers, the Buxtons, the Correas, the Vladdies, the Bo Bichettes. But it's really a pitching and defense series. Um, so this is another really intriguing one. Um, and yeah, I agree. Uh, there's going to be a lot of questions asked about the Blue Jays if they don't get it done. And so. here's the other thing too. And here's the other thing too. They've always been the baby Blue Jays. They, they're not the baby Blue Jays no more. You've been too many times to the to the postseason. It's like it's like a kid, man. You can't be making the same mistakes you made once, twice when you were one or two years old. You've you've grown up. You've been you've been there. It's time to act your age. I agree. And you know the baby bombers for the Yankees never got it done. They never made a World Series. Uh, maybe the baby bashers for for the Twins or for the Jays. They don't have a nickname like the baby bombers, but maybe they can get it done this year. Ultimately, the baby, the, the baby maple syrups, the, the baby baby, ba- baby leaves. No, the baby the baby bacon, baby Canadian bacon. Okay, <laughs> yeah, the baby Tim Hortons. Um, ultimately, I think home oh, oh, advantage. Here's a better one: the baby poutine. Okay. Ultimately, <laughs> I think. I don't know what that is. You don't know what poutine is? No. It's a dish in uh, native to Canada, especially in Quebec. I know it's not Ontario, but it's uh, potatoes with gravy, and they dress them, I think, with cheese. It's very, very popular in Canada, poutine. I, I feel like I've heard the name, but just didn't know exactly the specifics. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Ultimately, I'm going home field advantage, pitching, not necessarily an advantage, but bullpen advantage. Um, so twin, twins in three, but it's a good series. I'm taking I'm taking Toronto in, in three. Which I mean, even if the twins lose, it's a playoff win. It's a playoff win and you build upon it. But the thing is it's like where do you where do you it's like it's like all these central teams, like, okay, you you've made it. Like where do you go? Like there's no like what's your angle? Like you're not built to make it to the end. Right. And yeah, the twins won the worst division in all of baseball this year. That has to be noted. Yeah, so I feel like give me Toronto in three games. And I feel like it'll be closer than what people think. And I do feel like it's time. The thing is, I do feel like they are prone to making, you know, boneheaded mistakes. And their manager is, is I don't want to say he's a bonehead, but I feel like it's, he's, uh, he's too big for his boots sometimes. Yeah. He's made some questionable decisions and, you know, he'll be on a, a national stage in this series. I mean, they lost last year to Seattle, yeah. man. Yeah. So it's, you know. Same dude. Let's see if he's learned from last year, man. Exactly. The epic collapse. Yep. So, and, and, and the final series of the wild card round is the Rays versus the Rangers. Winner will be playing Baltimore. This one kicks off, or you know, first pitch Tuesday uh, tomorrow at, at two p.m. Central Standard Time. ESPN gives Tampa Bay a fifty-eight percent chance of advancing. I mean, we all know the story of Tampa Bay, right? They they started thirteen and zero. They were the you know World Series champions in April. Um, 
had a lot of injuries. Jeff Springs, Jeff Springs, uh, Drew Rasmussen, um, Shane McClanahan. The, the rotation got depleted. Uh, Brandon Lau um, got hurt. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries, and you know they kind of no limped. No Wander Franco. Obviously, the whole Wander Franco thing. They 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 limped into the playoffs, kind of. Now they did play good ball down the stretch, but from kind of the expectations in the early season, they they limped into the playoffs. The the Orioles were able to hold them off for the division. And I feel like this Tampa Bay team is a little bit different because their bullpen's bad. And you can compare that to the Rangers who are also have a really bad bullpen. And I just don't, I don't know. I, I wonder if there's going to be quality baseball played in this series. I don't, I don't see either of these teams making it past the division round. I mean, they're very, they're very good teams. I feel like they have really good, it'll be a very good managerial matchup, probably the best managerial matchup in round one with Kevin Cash and Bruce Bochy. Um, their star power. You have your Rania Rosarena versus Adolis Garcia, so you'll definitely have that matchup. Um, you also have Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. It's just going to come down to what team can pitch better because I feel like as much as we can shit on the, the lineup on the Rays, I feel like they, they always get it done somehow. So it's just going to come down if their arms can get it done. And I feel like it's time for Tyler Glasnow to um, – to put up his uh, best performance to go to Boston or Chicago this offseason or, or L.A. maybe. Um, I just don't feel like Texas has the pitching. I mean, Aroldis Chapman is due for his uh, eighth to ninth inning heroics. Yes. That he is yep. really- I can't wait for Rangers fans to to be able to experience Aroldis Chapman in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, you've seen it as a Yankees fan. It's just like for the casual baseball fan, and shout out to my dad. My dad doesn't really watch a lot of ball, if you guys know. He, he he's, a, he's a casual. He watches the games because I'm watching them at times. And he's like, bro, this dude or this Chapman is just due for just some mistake. I don't know why you put him in in the eighth or ninth inning. Like, the dude's just due to, like, give up a lead. Like, and, like, and even adding the fact that the series is in Tropicana Field, and I don't know. Like, obviously, he pitched there a lot when he was with the Yankees. Just gives me bad juju for an already bad bullpen. You know, they're 24th in the league in team bullpen ERA with a 4.77. The Rays are 11th. With a three eight three, usually they're in the top three, so it's a down year for them. Well, they just they just they always have like voodoo magic with their pitchers. Look at Zach Eflin's going to be pitching game two. Yeah, and the thing is, Tropicana Field just gives me those vibes. Like I think we're going to see something weird. We're going to see like a black cat, or you know, there's always something in the playoffs that happens. You remember a couple of years ago, it was a Jabba Chamberlain mosquito game in Cleveland. A couple of years ago, that was like twenty years ago almost now. What was it? Cardinals? Wasn't it the Cardinals that we had a black cat running around the field? I think so. There's there always like there's a bat last year. I think it was in Philadelphia. I feel like Tropicana Field's gonna have like a mouse or like a raccoon <laughs> just running around the outfield. You know, and yeah. have animal control call in mid game. I just feel like that's this is the type of series we'll see the weird chat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate watching games in that stadium. If we're gonna be brutally honest, the Rangers' rotation is beat up. John Gray's hurt. Max Scherzer's obviously probably out for the season. They haven't officially ruled him out, but he's probably gone. Jordan Montgomery's starting game one for them, and you know he has been really good down the stretch. He was on my fantasy team, helped me win a helped me win a third championship in four years. Well, pat, pat myself on the back there. Art um, City, what? Art City, yeah, Man City vibes here. But uh, Jordan Montgomery starting game one. I, I like that matchup for him for for. Texas, but you know, Avaldi hasn't been great since coming back from injury. He's probably going to be the game two starter. So, you know, a, a, a banged up, a really banged up rotation combined with a really bad bullpen. I know they have a like a, an elite lineup, one of the best lineups in baseball, but I don't know if that really bad pitching translates to success in the postseason. And I know the Rays are banged up, but 
They also have Randy Arozarena, who just steps up on the biggest stage. We saw him in the postseason starting in 2020, and ever since then, we saw him in the WBC. This guy lives for big moments. And I think that combined with the race, the race pitching is, is, even though it's banged up, it's better than the Rangers. This is really a series of two banged up teams. But I'm going to go with the Rays. I think they take care of business at home. And I'm going to go with Rays in three. But I think you also you also want this is like if we looked at this series at the deadline, I think this was a very juicy series. This could have been a CS matchup, but I just kind of feel like just injuries have hurt them in a bad way. It's just going to come down to the pitching. I feel like experience wise, the the pitching experience goes to the the Rangers, but I feel like the Rays have just been in these moments often. So, I mean, give me a. Texas star power got to show up, man. Those those dudes on three hundred million dollar contracts just they just got to show, man. If they're gonna have a chance, they got to show. And I mean, they're gonna need the star of their life from Jordan Montgomery. I don't think he's a bad starter. I think he's a very good serviceable starter, but I don't think he's a he's a one uh, a number one in the playoffs. No, definitely not. Definitely, he's gonna have to give him a couple a, a good start for them to have a chance because I feel like game two, I think Eflin's had a really good year, and I feel like he's a proper two three starter for the for the series. And I feel like, you know, if Glasnow can get it done, I feel like it'll, it's it's just a matter of time. So give me a, give me a Tampa in three. I think I said Tampa in three, right? That's what my pick said. I said. I'm, Earlier in the day when you texted me, yeah, you went with Tampa yeah. in three. And I went with Tampa yeah. in three in this one as well. Yeah, Tampa in three. I mean, it's just going to be a weird series, I feel like. Very, very, uh, very disappointing in both the teams. Yeah, they, they certainly limped to the finish line, I would say. Um, and a lot of injuries, but that's the wild card series. We can talk about the rest of the playoffs now, although we're not going to go in too much detail just because we don't know the matchups yet. But if there was a division series matchup that you would most want to see, which one would it be? I think I'd want an Atlanta Philadelphia series. Yeah. Because I feel like, yeah, in the NL, I want Atlanta Philadelphia because I feel like that'd be a rematch of last year. And I kind of feel like that's just going to be like Goliath versus Goliath. I think LA is really happy with their draw. I think if I'm LA, I'm really happy with the draw that I got on that side that I don't have to see them till the end uh-huh. because I kind of feel like out of that draw in Milwaukee or Arizona, yeah, we talked about how it can be a lot of booby traps, but I kind of feel like it's much more favorable than getting Philadelphia. You know, the travel won't be bad. Say if LA ends up getting Arizona, they only have to take a two hour flight. You know, it's not going to be that far from home. And they get to chill out there in the Pacific, and they'll have home field. So give me Atlanta, Philadelphia. I really want to see that one. And in the AL side, I mean, the AL just has the juicier matchups because I, I mean, the Tampa Bay. Any anybody who draws Baltimore would be a really good series. But I feel like Houston, Toronto would be very, very good. I feel like that's what I'd really want to see. I, I concur on both of those. I, I we disagree all the time, but I'm gonna. I agree. I think. Philly, Atlanta, that has a lot of upset potential. You know, Atlanta's Atlanta won 104 games or, or something like that. I'm pretty sure it was 104. Um, but teams like but that, teams like that lose all the time, and their pitching's banged up. Max Reed's coming off a blister injury, and then Charlie Morton's out for the division series. So, you know, who are they gonna who are they gonna go with in game t- two of a series? Bryce Elder, like he sucked in the second half. I mean, they've, they their pitching was one of the worst in September. And like I said, maybe they peaked too early. Like same same deal with Tampa Bay and Toronto. No, not Tampa Bay and Toronto, but Tampa Bay and and Texas. Like they they've peaked really really early on in the season. So it's not about 
when you're talking about these type of series, it's not the best team doesn't win usually. It's about who's playing the best at right now. Yep. And right now, Atlanta's pitching is not doing very well. I kind of feel like that hitting is going to have to, you know, step up and nut up and, and do the job. Right. We know they have the best lineup. They have one of the best lineups in baseball history. Can that care? Like, can that stay hot in the postseason? Because we know they're going to have a few days off. They don't play again until Saturday. You know, that's that's rare yeah. in baseball where you don't play for that long. Did you hear about what they're doing yeah, though? Yeah, yeah, they're doing simulated games this week to to get ready for the DS, which is something they didn't do last year. Maybe cost them. So yeah, they're going to try to stay fresh, which I mean, it makes sense. I mean, what I, I mean, that's the thing. The one series I don't want to see is I don't want to see Miami Atlanta because as much as it'd be fun that Miami would beat Philadelphia from a, from a, I feel like that series is going to be like every single game is going to be like ten zero. Yeah, like just. Like very like Miami is gonna try to control it, but it's just gonna be tenos and all that. And I don't want to see I don't want to see Minnesota Houston Minnesota Houston. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, don't give me Minnesota Houston. That's like, what I no have. Disrespect. I think it's gonna happen, but I, I got no, no 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 disrespect to Joe's team. I, I would love for Minnesota to be a, a scenario story, but I just do from like from a watching perspective, Minnesota Houston could just be another bloodbath. Yeah, agreed. And then. I feel like Sonny Gray in Houston. Oh my God, it would be a bloodbath. Just just watching him, not, 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 like you know how Sonny Gray gets sometimes in the playoffs. Like I just feel like, oh God. Yeah, it wouldn't be pretty. I think that one would be over pretty quickly. I feel like those. I feel Sonny Gray's curveball would be getting hit to the Crawford boxes. I could just see, uh, freaking Jose Altuve bat flipping it out to the Crawford boxes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, championship series that I'd want to see the most: Dodgers, Braves in the NL. I think best two teams, and then. Honestly, Orioles Astros in the American League, the young upstart team, won one hundred games against the 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 you know established establishment in the American League. Can they upset them? But the World Series matchup I want the most is is Astros Braves. Um, Braves juggernaut of the season, and Astros. You know, I think they're probably the best team in the American League, even though they didn't prove it in the regular season. Uh, rematch of twenty twenty one World Series. Um, and I think it would be, I think that would be a great series. You know, we root for good baseball. I think that would be great baseball. I would love to see Toronto, Atlanta. Not going to lie. Toronto too. That, Toronto too, if they can get hot in, in October for sure. I just, I'm not going to say that Houston's boring, a boring team. And that's not me getting fatigued because they're a great team. But I feel like guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., George Springer, Bo Bichette, I feel like, those guys like that stage, and I feel like they would they would go off versus uh, guys like Acuna, Olsen, you know, Azuna from the Braves. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like they would enjoy that. So, <laughs> like, I just I, I I would enjoy that. Not gonna lie, I would enjoy that more. Um, I, I agree with you. I think any CS series, including Atlanta, Philadelphia, or LA, would be great. Obviously, LA, Atlanta would be the best because that's kind of been something that's happened every year. And I feel like those have been the two best teams in the NL. Yeah. Just remains to be seen how that Dodger pitching is able to slow down. I mean, they played recently. We saw them recently when we were in Labor Day weekend. And we saw how Atlanta pretty much dominated that whole series up for that one game. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It'll be very interesting to see what happens to going forward. But I think we mostly agree. Like I said, Canada versus USA, bro, that'd be a freaking – Incredible buildup. Well, there's, that. there's only one Canadian team, so it can't be Canada versus Canada. It's going to be Canada versus USA if they make the World Series regardless. I mean, I, I think that would be great, you know. I just feel like Team Canada would get hyped. Yeah, it would be great. It would be great for the country, obviously. I think the, the, the ratings would be through the roof. I don't think 
I mean, yeah, the Blue Jays haven't been in the World Series since 93 when they won it. Um, Paul Mahler won the World Series MVP that year coming over from Milwaukee. Um, and then they showed Joe Carter. What? Joe Carter, don't forget Joe about Carter, him. Clutch home run in that one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would be a fun series for them. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, predictions. Give me give me your, your full prediction. So we did our wild card series, but what you got for DSCS World Series? As much as it pains me, I feel like we're going to get – I think Dodgers will easily get through. I don't know games-wise. I want to see the World Series games-wise. I don't know games. I think Dodgers easily get through whoever they get through. Arizona? Get, or Yeah, in my case, Arizona. I, I gave a number earlier today, but I can't remember off the four, top of my head. I have it four. I feel like Arizona would find a way to steal one, just muck it up. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like they, they, they'd stay alive for one game. Then I'd feel Philadelphia, Atlanta would be there. I think Atlanta gets their revenge. I think Atlanta has a, a, a point to prove this year. I, th- I don't think, you know, I kind of feel like they've been angry, playing angry since last year's, um, whatchamacallit, um, whole debacle that happened last year, how they were out in a minute. And as you said, Max Fried has a point to prove. Yep. It's a put up or shut up. You know, he's on a contract, you know, so he got he got a pitch in these big moments. So give me Atlanta, LA. And I just feel like, we saw it recently. I mean, Atlanta's lineup, it's like both both teams pitching is very even for Atlanta, LA. And at that point, I feel like advantage would go to Atlanta's whole lineup. I don't think there's a way, you know. I just feel like they would just out-hit, you know, one another. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think Atlanta has more talent. Now let's go to the other side. I'm taking um, I'm taking Toronto. Versus Houston, I'm taking Toronto to make it. I feel Toronto, you know, it's time for them to grow up. I feel it's the, it's their year to grow up. I feel it's these moves that they've made. It's been quiet, but I feel it's time for them to go. So I feel Toronto wins. I don't remember the game. You said, so give me well, points. you had Astros earlier, but are you going to say five still? For what? Ask uh, Blue Jays over Astros. Yeah, I'm switching to the Blue Jays. Give me, give me Blue Jays. Okay, give, give me the Jays. Uh, I'm switching. I think it's time to grow up. Um, so the Blue Jays are going to win that series, and then we're going to get Blue Jays versus Orioles, and then I feel like the Jays would win that in the same amount of games I put that. But let's say game Jays in six. I feel Baltimore doesn't have enough pitching. I feel like it's time for the Jays to grow up. You know, it's a grow up year for them. So you got so give me, give me the World Series. Give me the Jays. Give me Jays and Braves, baby. Jays and Braves, and I'm taking the Braves and uh, Braves in six. Braves in six over the Jays. Okay. All right, I like that. And then for me, gave my wild card predictions. Uh, DS, I'm going Astros over Twins in three. I got the Blue Jays losing in the wild card series. Um, uh, Toronto, sorry, not Toronto. Um, Baltimore over Tampa in four in the DS. And then in the ALCS, I'm going to go Houston over Baltimore in five. I think experience wins out there. Um, DS or NLDS, uh, Braves over Marlins in four. And then I'm going to go with the Brewers upsetting the Dodgers in four. I think even without Woodruff, maybe they get them back. Uh, I think they're pitching. They finally come good in the postseason, and I got them going to the NLCS. But I got them losing to to four in four to Atlanta. And so I have Atlanta, Houston. Atlanta, Houston, and I'm going Atlanta in seven over Houston in the World Series. God, that boils me. That boils me. You having the Brewers over the Dodgers. Like, oh, my God, I hate the Brewers. I know I'm very impartial, but I just hate watching Brewers games. I just 
just like, oh god, man. I know. And there's I mean, also a little, they don't have any hitting. Yeah. Yeah, quitting. But there's also a little bit of turmoil. We don't know where Council will be next year. Is this his last year managing? Is he checked out? He doesn't have a contract extension. There's already rumors about him going to New York because of David Stearns out there in the in the front office in New York. So hey, who knows? Yeah. Maybe they got a little bit too much on their mind. A lot of things going on and off the field. You know, let's see if they can they can block out the noise. It's a very so fair saying, Arizona. Yeah. Arizona Arizona could just sneak in and boom. It's a very fair point. It's a very there is certainly a lot of off the field distractions. I think with this uh, with this Toronto team, they probably have. They probably no the not the Toronto team the Brewers team. They oh yeah, sorry, have the I was most, at the, yeah, Brewers. They probably have the most off field out of all teams left. They probably have the most off field distractions out of all of them. Absolutely. So that is our playoff preview. We hope you enjoyed. Um, we're going to get to the other news and notes before we get out of this podcast, but um, we couldn't be more excited for the playoffs. They get going tomorrow afternoon on I believe ABC is the first game. So uh, check your local listings. Um, but can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Playoff baseball is the best. Um, some other news and notes. Unfortunately, on a you know more sad note, uh, Tim Wakefield. Tim Wakefield passed away yesterday um, at the age of fifty-seven. He was battling brain cancer. Obviously, you know he was a, a famous knuckleballer, workhorse of those you know early two thousand Red Sox, won the World Series in two thousand four and in two thousand seven with Boston. Obviously, me myself as a Yankee fan, a lot of bad memories watching Tim Wakefield um, pitch. Obviously, you know, the Aaron Boone home run, he did hit um, off of Tim Wakefield. But other than that, you know, he he shut the Yankees down, uh, got nine outs in extra innings of game five of the 2004 ALCS against the Yankees. It, obviously, incredibly clutch performance by them in their in their three nothing comeback uh, in that series. So retired in 2012, legend, Red Sox legend and really sad news coming down um, yesterday. Yeah, man, Tim Wakefield was probably best knuckleballer we've seen in the 2000s past 20 years um only other one we can put is r.a dickey but r.a dickey was a flash pan yeah wakefield was consistent the thing about tim wakefield is he was an artist at the knuckleball you know it was he was fun to watch because you don't know what you'd get like he was he's a steady eddie he was a guy who would be a number three number two guy in a, in a um in a um, rotation but you know when that knuckleball was not off man you were seeing 20 you're seeing at least 10 runs coming on the board so you know Mm-hmm. but it's just sad man great great pitcher i mean should be in the hall of fame in my opinion for just being an expert of the knuckleball you don't see that a lot these days not many there's not many out there you see the tribute yesterday that george kirby did yeah he threw a knuckleball in the game right and he struck the guy out with 65 mile an hour knuckleball and struck him out it was pretty nasty <laughs> It was. That's what I'm saying. There's not many of them available, like still doing it. So it's just, like, that's what I'm saying. He should do it. And I mean, like, like I said, Tim Wakefield was the, well, like, would be the epitome of 15 and 10 pitcher a year with a three, a high three, four ERA. Yeah, which I don't but know if that was, equates to Hall of Fame, but he was a lot of fun to watch, he, certainly. He's like one of those, like, just, you know, unique, quirky pitchers that makes baseball so fun. But the thing about it is he did it for so long, too. That's what I'm saying why he should be in. He was one of those, like, masters of the pitch. Yeah, 19-year career. You don't see 19 – knuckleballers don't make it because it's like that, you know? Yeah. Look at Daisuke Matsuzaka. What was the pitch he had? Oh, what was it called? What was the pitch? It was was on the forkball because that's the Kodai Senga pitch, the ghost pitch. I'm looking it up right now. The gyro ball. That's what it was. The gyro ball. 
gyro ball. How how quick was a gyro ball at an MLB? Quick. Daisuke Matsuzaka was going to be the next big thing, and guess what? Boom, he was out the league faster than you know most minor leaguers make it. He was up and down. Yeah, and look at and Tanaka, playoff Tanaka man. Tanaka look. was great. Tanaka was great, but the thing was like. Tanaka didn't get as hyped up as Matsuzaka because of this gyro ball. That's what I'm saying why Tim Wakefield should be in. Okay. So, you know. Yeah, very, um, very sad news um, coming out yesterday. And we wish his family, obviously, the best moving forward. He's in peace. He's in peace. Yeah. Um, well, more than that, obviously. We, we hope they, they um, heal as best as possible. Very, 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 very sad news. And in, in other news, uh, we had a lot of managerial moving. Um, over the past few days, obviously, as the season ends, that that happens. Gabe Gabe, Gabe Kapler uh, was fired in San Francisco. He finishes his tenure uh, with a 295 and 248 record, included a 107 and 55 campaign in 2021. Um, there were some rumblings about you know his his hands off leadership and his ability to or his inability to kind of take control of the locker room. Uh, apparently, he didn't speak up at a team meeting. In um, September, you know, a lot of the players spoke, but he was one that did not. And, you know, he's a manager of the team. So he's a kind of a controversial figure, but he's gone in San Francisco. I guess you could say he didn't get the results, but I would kind of counter with, well, they didn't really give him the roster to, to provide those results. And he's out in SF. Yeah, he was. I feel like this is a very bad move by San Francisco. Honestly, I can say it's a bad move now. Like I said, Kim Ning was a bad move and a bunch of the moves I said were very bad moves. I've said a lot a lot of very bad takes about baseball on this podcast. But I feel like he's one of the good managers in baseball. I think he's a top 10 manager in my opinion. Um, I think he should be taking some other jobs. But um, I don't think it's the right move out in San Francisco. As you said, uh, I don't think he had the talent to work with. You know, he was a great handler of the bullpen, great handler, just, just a great baseball mind. I feel like... I th- he should be back in a job soon. I don't think he'll he'll be on the, you know, on in the dugout for long. On the you know he'll be back in an MLB dugout. Soon. Yeah, if not this year, next year. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think he's going to be out of a job for that long. I just think it's it's all about the fit, though. I think yeah. like he's one of those like character managers that it just depends about the fit. Like I can't see him fitting. Like yeah, I could see him in New York, but I don't think the fans would like him. I think the fans would like absolutely hate him. Mets. The Yankees. Yeah, no, the, okay. yeah, the Yankees. Yeah, no, we already have a hands-off manager in Boom. Yeah, but I just feel like his his decisions in game, like he does a lot of really weird in game stuff yeah. that you have to like sit and think about it. That I feel like it wouldn't fly in New York. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't like that. And apparently, the Yankees are bringing back Aaron Boone anyway, so that point is kind of. We're not, we're not going to talk about that. Please, please, please don't, please don't. It just <laughs> we. I, I saw the new. I got to the gym today at. Uh, at five, uh, I got to the gym at five forty-five today, and I was w- walking to the elevator, and I was scrolling through Twitter, and I see the news, and I was like, "William, don't even hop on Twitter. I'm already mad." I went and I had a PR on bench. I hit two fifty-five by ten because of this shit, man. I can't take it anymore. I can't freaking take it anymore. <laughs> I mean, Judge endorsed him, so I'm not surprised. That he's I don't hurt. care. I don't care. There, there's no way. I thought we're not talking about it. I said I'm done. I said I'm okay. done. I'm not done. The other New York team, uh, the Mets, um, they're without a manager now as well. You mentioned that they're bringing in David Stearns to be their president of baseball operations. So a lot of change in the front office. And Buck Showalter toward, told reporters before game, the game on Sunday that he would be fired if he did not step down as manager. So he decided to step down. He's not coming back in New York. 
Um, so, you know, Matt, I feel like new feel yeah. in the front office. This doesn't surprise me. I'm not, I feel like he's, I don't, I feel like he's not a rebuild manager. I feel like he's a win now manager. So I don't, and I kind of feel like there's not many other jobs he would take in major league baseball. He, he's like the type of manager that like, you have to have a team ready to go. And since the, uh, you know the Mets are going to be going under a rebuild as we they're going about to go through mini rebuild, even mini rebuild. I don't think he's the type of guy to like have do it. I feel like you got to have some new innovative mind out there. I'm sure Craig Council. Um, I could see Kapler there, but I don't think he's a fit with the management scheme. But I feel like young up and coming type of dude, you know, coming there. Mark Derosa. Hey, that's actually not a bad name. I could see it. Yeah, so this one didn't surprise me at all. And then the news that just came down today, Phil Nevin out uh, uh, Are we in, in L.A. with the Angels. No surprise whatsoever. I feel like the Angels are about to clear the whole house. Yeah. I feel like that's just a start. Um, the Angels could be the new A's, honestly, out west. Well, it's not the fault. It's like Phil Nevin's not really at fault. He's kind of like a scapegoat like for everything that happened. Like He just got hired. I kind of feel like he's just a scapegoat for uh, for everything that you know, happened for the ownership's kind of incompetence. They had such a weird season. I mean, such a weird season. That's what I'm saying. I feel he's just a scapegoat just to be like, we're losing Otani. We're probably bringing back Trout just to keep seats in the fans in the seats. But you know, that's just my whole deal with, uh, with, uh, um, with Phil Nevin. I'm not surprised. I feel like other news, they're bringing back, uh, what's his name's getting brought back from San Diego. Bob Melvin's yeah. getting brought back. And Preller uh, is, is probably coming back. It's not official yet, but it's pretty much confirmed. I don't want to speculate, but who do you feel is on the hot seat right now? We're not gonna we're not gonna say somebody's gonna get canned, but I, who I'm trying to think like I think it's, a next, said, I think it's a next season or right now? Right now, right now, like right now, who who the next domino to fall? I mean, Dusty Baker could retire. Like he's an at a very old age. I mean, if, I th- I thought Oli Marmol was on the hot seat, but they already said they're bringing him back. He seems like a puppet head, and we can talk to Alden about that. We can ask him on a separate note. I feel like he's a puppet head for, you know, whatever St. Louis is doing. Um, oh, another news: Cincinnati. They're bringing back Bell. I think we knew that they got extended, and they elevated Nick Crowd, a president of baseball operations. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know how many fans are happy about that. Um, Terry Francona, that's the one that we can talk about. There's rumors that he cannot be back, and it kind of is a perfect segue to the departures. Yeah, he, he's so, retiring, which is sad. Um, which is sad. I feel like you have a lot of bad memories about Terry um, Francona. Yeah. Can go, I honestly, can I hated go. him. I hated him for most of his career until he went to Cleveland, and then I didn't care as much. But when he was with the Red Sox, I hated him. But you hated him last year because of uh, the little league ball he was playing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you got to do with what you got to do with what you got to do with the roster that you have. And obviously he's a legend in Boston, so you tip your cap. He's he's a great manager. I think he's probably a Hall of Fame manager, and uh, he kind of rides off into the sunset now. Yeah, I mean, good retirement job in Cleveland. Low pressure, low stakes. He did what he had to do. He he uh, he's like he's like the t- teenage mutant ninja turtles meme where he's ki- like get, grabbing his kids and then they grow up and then the yeah. team grows up and they're grabbing him. And I mean, there's not much you can do in Cleveland. I kind of feel like Cleveland again is one. Yeah, soft perpetual soft rebuilds. So. Well, the question is, who takes over now uh, with that that really young core in Cleveland? They had a disappointing year. I think every we both picked them to win the division, and they didn't even make the Capital. playoffs. Uh, Cleveland's one of those forward thinking franchises that can do it. 
Yeah, I think the young guys need some type of direction, a hands-on manager. And I, I, I keep bringing the guy's name up, but I think Mark DeRosa, wherever he goes, I think if he if he's not a manager right now, but he, he managed Team USA at the WBC, wherever he goes, I think I think that team's going to be good. I like Mark DeRosa. But I kind of feel like Mark DeRosa is going to be big game, big job hunting, if you know what I mean. Like one of the bigger job. I feel like the Mets would be – he would get the Mets job. I don't know if he's going to be big game hunting. I think he would take any job. He's he's never been a, a NML, MLB manager. But, I mean, he was the Team USA manager and he did lead them. I understand, like, it's a it's a failure because they didn't win with the amount of talent. But, I mean, he was held by the roster. So that's why I'm saying, like, you also have to keep in mind that I feel like he – you're not going to take an Angels job. Like, no, absolutely. no. That, yeah, you won't take an Angels job. I don't think anyone wants that job. I mean, a Milwaukee, I don't think Milwaukee it wouldn't be in Phil Milwaukee if Council ends up going. I don't love that fit. I don't love that fit. I don't think that'd be a good I think a Mets job would be great because I feel like it's a soft rebuild. You get to grow a core for a year, year and a half, and then go. And, I mean, they do have the chance at Otani because Billy Epler is in that front office. And Billy Epler is credited with the mastermind of bringing him to L.A. So, yeah, we'll just wait and see. And they have Steve Cohen pocketbooks. Yeah, I mean, Steve Cohen, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Steve Cohen pocket. I feel like that's such a desirable job. And we can get into that later about which jobs are desirable when we get into a full off-season off uh, boot. Now we've got to talk about the sad part, another sad part. I know it's a kind of a somber ending to this podcast, but we're going to talk about dudes that are potentially retiring or have announced that they will not be back in baseball next year. Uh, we'll start off. We've already talked about Francona. We talked about Wainwright a lot last week. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, um, it's kind of he rode off in the sunset this weekend. That was a sad one. That's probably the one that I'm most sad about, just because I have that kind of personal connection with uh, the Tigers. My mom grew up in Detroit, grew up going to Tiger Stadium, watching the games, and you know, obviously Miggy came along later than that, but still an absolute Tiger legend, first ballot Hall of Famer, won the Triple Crown, uh, won the MVP twice, um, and you know, legend. And that one's that one's sad. I don't know. Do you see him in that little mini electric scooter in the locker room that they gave him? It was pretty fun. Oh man. Wait, he could be a manager. He did manage Venezuela. Well, <laughs> like, I, I saw that the the Tigers are bringing him him on as an advisor next season. So he'll be with the organization like, still. Like you said, Tigers are making smart front office moves. So I mean, people in Detroit are like talking crap like, oh, we're, we stink, but I mean, like you said, you see the vision, they're doing smart things out there. Yeah, and you know, it was time for Cabrera to retire. I think he's well, well, well past his prime, um, but still sad. Still sad. Then there's also Joey Votto. I mean, that's a very sad one. I mean, not confirmed, but probably true. It's very like he's already was getting. I think the only way Votto comes back if he comes back at a reduced role, but I don't think like at his a guy at his age would want to come back just to be a bench player, just a guy just traveling. And he took a really big mentor role in in uh, Cincinnati, mentoring guys like Ellie De La Cruz and that type of deal, and like sitting out with guys like Will Benson. That I feel like feel like he would best if the Reds are smart, which I don't know if they are. They would uh, they would bring him back at some like coaching level capacity, like off hands, not every day, but just have him like come in as a consultant. Mm-hmm. And it does sound like you know it does sound like it's in the air, but you know fans are seeing it as like this weekend was his last uh, last weekend was his last home stand. So yeah, it's very possible he could be gone. Uh, you wrote Brendan Crawford. I didn't hear about that one, but you can go about this he, one. He played his last game in San Francisco. He's probably going to retire. I believe he's out of contract. I mean, he's yeah. part of those three World Series teams in 2010, 2012, and 2014. Uh, played played a key role at short. 
And that one's, you know, that one's sad, especially if you're a Giants fan. You know, he's kind of been with you for the last 15 years. So that one's sad. Maybe maybe the Yankees sign him. No, we don't need a shortstop. Hey, Garrett Cole is his, uh, I think his wife is Brandon Crawford's brother. So, you know, some nepotism could be going on. Make him, he's a great defender. Have you seen that Twitter clip of him, like, him practicing? No. Bro, it's crazy because, like, he practices in such an unorthodox way. Instead of just taking, like, natural grounders, like, he takes grounders, but he's always trying to do, like, ridiculous, like, behind-the-back flips and all that, like, just, like, thinking, like, on the on his toes and how he can, like, get the ball to second or to first or whatever the ball. He's always, like, doing spins, rolls to, you know, it's crazy. I'd, I'd look it up. I will after this. Thank you for that. That was That was interesting. Yeah, uh, and then Clayton Kershaw, I mean, you wrote that one, I don't know. Could be done after the playoffs. If he gets the ring, he could ride off in the sunset. He did have a really good year. I mean, he is getting up there in age, I mean. I mean, he had a good year, but he um, has dealt with injury in the second half. Yeah, And, and Zach Greinke, not, not confirmed, but he's not the kind of guy to want a, a goodbye ceremony, a farewell tour. He pitched yesterday against the Yankees, picked up the win, pitched like five innings. And um, he's probably done as well. I think he, out of all of these guys outside of Cabrera, probably has the best chance of honestly making the Hall of Fame. Obviously, Kershaw will be a first ballot Hall of Fame. Wait, I, I disagree. I think Granky makes it because Granky has a ring, right? He, yeah. I, think, I believe he does have a ring. He does have I don't, a ring. I don't, I don't, I don't really count uh, rings as much in baseball. I don't think it makes. Yeah, sense. but he does have a ring. He was a big part of that ring. That's what I'm saying. He won. Yeah, he won the World Series. What? Uh, Ooh. Was it with LA or no? No, no, no. Was it with LA? I think it was with LA. No, he he wasn't on the 2017 Houston team. No, he never won a World Series. Never won a World Series. He was on good teams. Though. Okay, Miguel Cabrera is definitely on it. Like that's yeah. he's the first. Guy. It's just Wayne. Yeah. Wayne probably takes a couple of years to get in, but I think he eventually gets in. Maybe. Vado definitely gets in. The thing what hurts Vado is that he played in Cincinnati. You think Vado definitely gets in? Yeah, his his. His uh, his, you know, accolades are crazy for the year, the amount of years he did it. The hitter that he was, I think he definitely makes. Okay, Zach Ranky finished think... twenty-one strikeouts shy of three thousand, which is kind of a benchmark uh, of making the Hall of Fame. I think Votto and Grinky are in the same class, though. Like of like a couple rounds to stuff. make it. I think they can both. I think Votto has more of a first chance. But like he can actually be first chance. I think he's just epitomally underrated. So Votto, two thousand hits, which not three thousand. Um, won an MVP in in twenty ten. Career two ninety four hitter. He hit three hundred fifty six home runs. I mean, if Scott Rowland made it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, Scott Rowland was great defensively. I don't know. I, I, I would say Cabrera, Granky, and Kershaw out of those. And Votto. Okay. Votto got to be there. Either one. Brendan Crawford's Brendan Crawford, it's guaranteed. It's just when. When in him and Buster Posey going to be in the Ring of Honor for, for the Giants? Yeah. It's just like, they they yeah. will be Ring of Honor Giants players for sure. All these guys probably are Ring of Honor guys. Yes. I agree. Granky for the Royals. Miguel Cabrera for probably Florida and Detroit, but more Detroit. Wayno for St. Louis. Votto for Cincy. Well, I mean, I don't know if Cincy because Cincy's Ring of Honor is crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, people, people don't realize how good Cincinnati's history is. Yeah, but I feel like he he's a Hall of Famer. So yeah, 
that's it for the pod. I mean, you're, we're ready for some baseball. I mean, tomorrow, big day, big day. We'll be coming hot and heavy. Pause with these podcasts in the next couple of days. I mean, we got when is the college football pod coming? Are you filming tomorrow, college football? Yeah, or? Tuesday and Thursday, college football pods dropping. We'll be back after the Thursday night. Thursday night after the wild card series. If yeah, if all goes according to plan, maybe Friday. Uh, to preview, to recap the wildcard series and preview the division series. And we'll be with you, you know, throughout the playoffs. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe we could do post game world series pods or even like a world series live stream. I don't know. Yeah, we might do depending on the times and what we're doing. I mean, right now, I mean, shit, I'm just saying it's going to be hot and heavy this month. Uh, might be a tough week for Joe. Joe's might be taking two L's, which I know you're going to be talking about tomorrow. And, you know, I think Joe's on the cock this week. You know, he's on the what? Pause. The cock, peacock. Oh. For Michigan, for Michigan, Minnesota, it's on NBC, oh. NBC and Peacock. Yeah, NBC. Oh, it's it's a uh, it's Friday night. No, it's a Saturday night PAP game. Yeah. So yeah, I think Joe might be taking two L's this week. It's gonna be tough. I mean, picks have been tough on Joe. Um, so Those yeah, it's never been that won. bad. Well, there was one week where he bricked all the. Picks. Yeah, that was Tennessee. Yeah, he they, went big on Tennessee all... and they lost to Florida. I, hey man, I don't even remind me, but I just know, like, thank God I didn't put a parlay on Joe's picks, man. I, Joe, Joe ain't that dude from prison that making those picks. Have you seen that video? I did see that video on Twitter. That guy in prison hit like all of his picks. Yeah, that was crazy. he hit all, all these picks, but one. And and he wanted a parlay, so the one that he missed, of course, screwed it all up. I mean, Joe's you know, Joe's picks are. I think he has a better record on the year than I do. So he does, but but, but after that week, man, you've been you've been banished to the shadow realm. It's like fantasy football. I've I've started Justin Fields for three weeks, and the one week I don't start, and guess he what? He plays well. He plays well. He went 15 for 15 to start the game out, and you still hate him. I Yeah, he lost the game, so. He, I, no, I mean, Eberflus is, is definitely more of a problem than Fields is. I'll give you that. Yeah, wait, 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 what are you talking about? Dude put four touchdowns, and the dude went for fourth and I, one when you could have picked a field goal. Then, I know, and, and, I watched. That's what I'm saying. Eberflus is more of a problem than, than Fields. Where, where, where's Kayla at? We need Kayla out of the audience. Is Kayla in the audience today? No. We, we need to ask if is Eberflus the problem. I, I I don't. She didn't watch the game. Well, she listened to it on the radio. I think. Old I'm school. just saying. That's, I mean, that's a that's a big issue. But like I said, we'll be hot and heavy with the pod. We'll be at it again every day. Not every day, but every <laughs> you know after every series and in the World Series, you know, it's the best time for baseball. We're going to come out with award picks soon because awards are going to be coming out real soon in the next month or so. So we're going to make our awards soon. If you, uh, baseball writers of America, if you want to give us a ballot, I know we're not. Traditionalist, I know I don't, you know, eat Cracker Jack, and I don't wear a suit and tie to baseball games, but you know, <laughs> you know my balls. So we do watch a lot of baseball. So um, yeah, give us a vote. Why not? Why not? Um, yeah, we'll be back. Hey, we'll make sure we'll make sure not to put in Barry Bonds. Let's just put it that way. We'll put in no steroid guys. If you just want to keep the integrity of the game, <laughs> we'll put no roids guys. Okay. We'll... Uh, man, Barry Bonds would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, even without the steroids, I, the first half of his career. So. Well, don't say that. You can't say that. Now we lost it. Now we, I know. Now we're not. Never. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying he was. Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. I'll, I'll stop talking. I'll stop talking. We got to get out. This this podcast was a behemoth. I'm beat. I gotta watch Monday Night Football. Okay. So, um, we we will be back probably probably Thursday, Thursday night. night, but maybe Friday night, and and with you throughout the playoffs. So thank you all for listening to this episode. It should no no. Time out, time out. It should be Friday night if necessary. That's yeah. how you should be saying the pod. If necessary. If necessary. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. See you later. Bye.